Welcome to Chef It. I'm Lisa. I'm a chef. I live and work in Los Angeles and I cook for the rich and famous. Um, And I'm in Wisconsin. I'm sitting on a dock. I'm drinking from a coffee cup the size of my head. It says, I don't give a sip. And I'm on the I'm on like a Milwaukee River out in the middle of River Falls. And that's basically as much as I can tell you. Um, I'm here with a client and I'm excited to see snow. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Um, and I got some time on my hands. More time than I have had in a while. Um, I don't know if that's true, actually. I think COVID, I'm one of those people that had time. Um, not everybody had time particularly the people that we call heroes that we underpay and don't give free health insurance to. Um, But yeah, I feel like uh, this is kind of like a little extension of, of the unemployed COVID time I had, but now I'm employed. So I'm sitting on a river. It's become a new pattern for me in the last week. I get up early. I'm central time. So I'm a couple hours ahead of Santa Monica, which means I have no one to talk to. (laughs) My mom is still asleep. And this is where I'm just so grateful that I have a podcast. so I can just talk to myself and act like it actually, like I'm doing something, like I'm actually talking to someone or somebody. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about politics today because that's actually one of my favorite things. Um, I like to, I don't like to say politics, even though it is politics. I like to think of it as governance um, because I believe in democracy, which means I believe in governance, which I believe in the process of governance. And I believe that with all the politicking that we see, I'm not in the... Um, I'm not in the hater camp. I'm not in the camp that thinks that the government has, you know, completely gone, gone south and that there is just nothing that is true or real, um, coming out of, you know, the talking heads on the news and so forth. Um, I think it's always been this way. Um, I think if you have any like actual interest in what goes on historically in in the world of politics or, um, governance, you'll just see the same pattern. And if you actually think about yourself and your own relationships and jobs and things, you will probably find pretty direct human example of what goes on um, in governments and what goes on in your own personal life. Um, I'm not going to get into some Marianne Williamson mode. Um, I know people were freaked out that she was standing on a stage during the 2016 election. But... um, No, I'm sorry, not the 2016 election, the last election. But I will say, you know, I get it. Like, whatever. She might freak you out. Um, But what she was saying is just, she just got down to like the core of it of like, we're just a bunch of fucking crazy human beings doing dumb shit. We need laws and we need badass people to to vote for. And one of them is AOC. And I wanted to talk about her at the Met Gala because like what a freaking stir that was. Talk about stirring the pot. Maybe I should change my podcast name to stir in the pot. Stir the pot. I might have to. I don't know. I'll have to take a vote from me (laughs) and the ducks that are paddling by. Um, she really stirred the pot and that's 
and that's the thing about her. She stirs it up. And that's the thing about politicians that we love. And I'm talking either being, you know, the Republican that probably is across the river here right now for me, who has a poster that says, I love cops or whatever the hell it says. Um, or, you know, to Bernie Sanders, you know, um, people, people like those that, that, that stir the pot. But previously, I would say in like politically hotheads as, um, one of my political professors from way back when used to say, good old Professor Bhagwati, he said, you know, people don't usually get the hotheads. You know, we let them stir the pot and then we put someone in charge who's good at managing, um, which is kind of true. It's kind of what's happened a little bit in this point in time. Put the experienced person in place. Um, but politics is very largely about optics and being seen and um, good and bad. It's just, it's all one thing in, in, to some, in some degree from the perspective that I'm talking about. Um, but I want to talk specifically about the optics of AOC and who she is. Um, she, <laughs> um, I mean, she's, she's, our, she's our left queen, right? She's the lefty who's come out um, she's come out, she's just rolled on in with the Bernie camp and everybody loves her. She speaks for a generation that is younger, that is unheard. And she also speaks, um, speaks truth to power and she's a badass. Well, when you are speaking truth to power on the level that she is, um, you're going to have a lot of criticism when you don't do it the right way. So Let's talk about the Met Gala. What did she do? Well, she got together with a local designer, designer from New York. Um, and the designer designed this very, I, I thought it was brilliant, this um, very sort of classic white ball gown, strapless ball gown, the big poof, the whole thing, right? trailing behind her and it had this Marie Antoinette sort of vibe but not necessarily more 80s but you know it's got that just strapless big white you know here we are in a princess gown or a bride gown it had like it evoked all that sort of emotion and then on the back of the dress written <laughs> like painted in what looked like blood it was red paint said tax the rich and it was just like kind of just painted on there it was very like, gauche and she looked fantastic she's gorgeous and if anyone should be on a red carpet at the Met Gala or at any fashion thing it should probably be AOC she's absolutely beautiful and she has a wonderful smile and her hair was pulled back beautifully and she had the perfect red lipstick on and she had this really cheeky grin as she turned around and smiled at the cameras and then next to her was a designer wearing this you know like white chic um pantsuit and looking very sort of sexy as well had this whole sexy vibe happening and she's black and 
she had a very stern and serious look on her face. Kind of like, actually, I would say she had a don't fuck with me face. Like a sense of like, don't, yeah, tax the fucking rich already. Like she's pissed. And Nancy was just, you know, cheeky and grinning. And it was, it was really well done. So I think some of that was lost on maybe the protesters outside, um, a lot of our own constituents who claim to be so smart and clever and above the rest of us who actually like Joe Biden. Um, you know, cause I've been, you know, I've, I've been told I've had a lot of finger wagging, like, you know, yeah. What do you know? You don't know anything, you know, um, the, you know, that Bernie bro vibe, um, <laughs> um, it was lost on them. A lot of them. And I know because I was, it immediately went to Instagram to see what the hell people were saying and Twitter. I mean, God, they're just so cruel. People just don't hold back their ignorance. I got to tell you. Well, what they were saying was that she should have been protesting in the streets. She's capitalism. Like she joined the crowd. Like she's not who she said she is. She's not a socialist. You know, she doesn't give a sip. I'm just kidding. I'm sipping from my cup. This is I don't give a sip. She doesn't give a shit about capitalism or whatever. Fighting capitalism. And it just went on and on. And this is this is this is the whole thing about what goes on when you are in any sort of extreme situation. You know, you you start wrapping your arms around the people you are actually against. And I don't even mean against, but the people whose policies, the people that you are just so different from, like on a policy level, all of a sudden you are the same person. So the Bernie bros and the anti-vax movement, the QAnon and the wellness movement, all like embracing each other, but not really maybe knowing it because they have the same mentality, which is like all or nothing, black or white. It's either my way or the highway. And you're like, okay, everybody calm the fuck down. We're all trying to live here together. Or at least some of us are. I mean, the last time I checked, it's one man, one vote. Or one woman, one vote. Whatever. I mean, come on. So, like, the black and white issue, all of a sudden, the Bernie bros and her constituents are, like, in a firestorm. And, they're, and then all of a sudden, the, of course, the Republicans are like, did you see what she was doing? She's not what she says she is. And, like, you know, it was just completely embarrassing. Now this happened a couple weeks ago. So some of the comments sadly are not fresh in my mind. It's kind of early and I'm a little jet lagged, but that's just an excuse, um, for being, (laughs) for being a little bit, um, a little bit off, um, with information. But I will say what I want to talk about was just how, how brilliant this little exercise was. And I want to make a couple arguments around it. There could be three, actually. I'm trying to remember. I think I had three, but we'll start with two. Um, The first thing is that stir in the pot. What does that mean? The optics. Your visibility. Isn't that what people want? Don't you want to see the visibility? Don't you think writing tax the rich on the back of a white ball gown from someone like AOC, who, by the way, is just so eye-catching and so beautiful at an event in New York City, where, by the way, she was born and raised. This is her state. 
at the at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, by the way, this is a place that celebrates art and artists, Celeb- celebrates the storytelling that we are all fighting for, right? You want to talk about being left, talk about art. You want to talk about exploring what conservatism is in our history, exploring anything. You're going to see everything through the lens of art. That's the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And that was the whole point of, of, of fashion being a part of this. It's a way to tell a story from any direction. And, and, and they actually create a space for that saying, what's the storytelling this time at the Met? It was American individualism. Now, let me ask you, who is more individual in this moment in time as a persona and as an, in actuality, you know, that we see through Americanism, someone who's has a Puerto Rican, you know, background, but who's from, you know, the state of New York, it's like representing her state, who's a, who's a young representative, who who's more of an individual. Oh, I'm watching like just trout jump up into the water. It's kind of mind blowing. Um, then Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. I mean, like this New Yorker with this, you know, heritage and this fire and this, you know, this fight in her. Who could be more, who could represent that? It, like you would think everyone would say if they had put, if they had put out <clears throat> a, um, a vote, like, okay, everybody, it's time for the, for the Met. And we want to know, um, who should be, who is the most, you know, individual, who's the, who's, who represents American individuals? I guarantee you the people that are mad at her would have probably said, oh, that's AOC. <laughs> she would have been up there for sure. But the minute she got on that carpet, people were pissed. She's like, I don't get it. It's ridiculous. I mean, I get it. That's why I'm talking about it, but, um, okay. So there are a couple things wrapped in there. Um, number one, that it's kind of, it's an amazing way to, to be who she is and to have the visibility of taxing the rich and, and get the message out in the most cheeky, satirical, fun way. And the fact that the Metropolitan Museum of Art is itself the right place to do that. Now, I think the real issue is that it's around, you know, designers and the celebrity and the wealthy and the rich. And then, so the price to attend the gala is like $2,500 dinner or something like that. Um, because all the proceeds go to artists. And again, it's capitalism supporting art and blah, blah, blah. So, um, I, I do understand that. And, um, I know I'm saying blah, blah or whatever. Um, that's the issue, right? It's always the issue. What's with the trickle down situation here? Um, 
that's a whole other conversation because trickle down is it's trickle down capitalism is money and art is art and art is a reflection of our world and that is also a way to talk about capitalism there's a lot of ironies and all that but that's what we saw it was kind of like she's like a you know it's like it's like she was like an interloper like a genius interloper in that moment and it's pretty brilliant um I'm remembering now my third point which is a point that's that's so personal to me um it's probably not I mean it's not about whatever who gives a shit if something's popular or not popular I'm just sharing you know whatever AOC is a young beautiful woman if she can't put on a ball gown that's you know raising the eyebrows or whatever and go to the Met Gala on a red carpet and have a laugh or just go out in general looking beautiful and having a great time and being seen as a woman. If she can't do that, like, come on, people. She's not just your politician. She's not something that belongs to you. She's not just your message. She's a person. And she's a young, beautiful woman who grew up in this state of New York and who the hell would not want to be on that red carpet now granted that's a personal choice some people have no interest in fashion or whatever but she can and she does and why not I mean I saw people just quickly I saw people like ridiculing I saw someone saying like yeah she cut her hair recently um someone said yeah I saw her new ride her she's been you know my doing her stories from her brand new car in DC, you know, and I'm like, what is she supposed to be like a vagabond because she you elected her? Well, all the people that elected her probably, I mean, they need a new car too. That's the whole point. Oh, it's like oh, we're against cars and gas. It's like it just never ends. You're like choose your battles, people. Can't we're not gonna it's just we gotta live in the real world just be realistic like know what's possible and true to some degree and be stay focused which is the issue of everyone on the left you're like just save democracy okay and then we'll we bat we chip away at everything as much as we can um but what's wrong with a little cheeky fun and what's wrong wrong with her being a woman because is she not allowed to go out for cocktails at this Soho, you know, grand and have a drink at the lobby? Or is she not allowed to go to in a great restaurant in New York City to celebrate something? I mean, is she just like, is that capitalism? I mean, I get this shit all the time, being that I work for wealthy people. It's like, oh, do they vote? And I'm like, you know what? I won't lie. I, I, I refuse to work for someone who supports Donald Trump. <clears throat> um, I do make a living cooking for people that have wealth and I choose to be around people that 
have the same values as me. You know, um, but I know some people who still don't respect that, you know, but I think if you look at your own life and look at what you're doing, see how precious, you know, that cup of yogurt is in your refrigerator or, you know, just the little precious things that we do for ourselves. It's kind of hard to judge others, really. And if AOC putting on a ball gown and going to an amazing event, making a, using that to make a statement, but actually maybe even having a good time is too precious. I don't know. That's just... That's lame for me anyways. I, I think what she did was, was art, like living art. And the statement itself could not have been made any more brilliant. And I also want to say, I mean, when you think about the fact that, okay, we just lived, we're living in a pandemic, which will be, we'll all be long gone buried. People will talk about this in a bunch of different lenses. They'll say, oh, the anti-vax movement or the wellness movement or, you know, um, it'll be like people will be writing about this you know, talking about this period in time, you know, like from a cultural point of view, like the cultural divide or the culture war. And it'll be this like really interesting time. And, and, you know, tucked in there is going to be all the politics of the time. And the one thing that, you know, will stick out will be something, you know, we have these really profound things that we think about in history, whether it's like the Boston Tea Party or, the, you know, signing the Declaration of Independence or whatever, and clearly this is not on that level, but, you know, tucked in there will probably be a picture of ASC wearing that dress. Oh, and this was the other, okay, I forgot, there was one more thing. There was one more thing that tied into the greatness of that day. Oh my God, I'm sorry guys, I'm taking you on like a whirlwind tour of my brain. Um, it's the fact that she was showcasing the only black female designer invited to the Met and a woman who was working class so she showcased and raised someone up so like she doesn't miss a beat she does everything in the way that you would expect her to do it that's why you voted for her that's why I support her and still you know you're just people are just whining and I think it's 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 the culture of the wine. It's the culture of the cynicism. Um, I'll end this quickly. I mean, not quickly, but I'll end this with um, during the during the election, there was a lot of conversation about you know Bernie being a progressive and and um, what liberalism is and the birth of liberalism and and what and what it means, well, the difference. Is there what is the difference? And I always think of myself as a progressive because it means that. The, the policy making <clears throat> extends to um, a lo- larger, not just a you know personal point of view about like how I vote or you know equality and things like that, but, but I believe that we should on a you know on a um, governance level like that we should have these things in place you know like whether it's um, free healthcare and and so, and so forth. 
that's considered progressivism. But what was really fascinating to me was learning about the the um, <clears throat> the um, the sort of what's the word I'm looking at the behavioral um, personality of or no, it's not personality uh, the behavioral um, conversation around what liberalism and liberalism is something that is what democracy is rooted in because it is the concept of hope that you hope for good things for yourself and for others and for your world and for your environment um, that you live in a space of hope and that progressivism it lives in a space of cynicism. It's, it's where the hope was lost. And now it's just a fight. Now, I don't know how far that argument can go. And I want to say, I want to believe it was something written by... Um, explored with, with David Brooks from the New York Times. That's my friend Marty Sitchnik's a huge fan of him. And um, as I went back and read some of his um, opinions during the HRC campaign, I understand why. But I, I do I do read him and see, you know, his opinion as um, interesting or whatever. But this particular article was really fascinating. It wasn't an opinion necessarily. It was, um, he was just kind of educating us about, I mean, it was an opinion, I suppose, but he was sharing, um, the points of view. And I think maybe, maybe I want to talk about that another time, but I thought that was really fascinating. Anyhow, um, I'll leave you with all that cynicism and hope. I am going to err on the side of hope and it's like I can't even judge the cynicism because I live in a place of hope. I believe that people like AOC, people like President Biden, Nancy, Schumer, It just the list goes on. I mean, anybody, you need to see the Democrats in the impeachment hearing and the Kavanaugh hearing. You know, Adam Schiff. Um, when, you, when you see our politicians putting our democracy on display and saying, this is it working. And they're using words against words, truth against lies. How do you not have hope? Lies are always there. How do you not hope when you see people dedicating their entire lives to keeping democracy in our country and in our world? However imperfect however fucked up it can be, however disturbing our world is, it's just a reflection of us, of our individual 
emotional landscapes, psychological landscapes. So anyhow, boy, I I guess I do need a sip of this coffee. Hmm. I give a sip, folks. (laughs) All the way from River Falls. All right. Till next time. Take it easy. I'm going to do a little stretch. And I don't know, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? I think we're going pescatarian. It's a good plan. I'll keep you posted on that. That'll be the next post. What's for dinner? Till next time. Always an honor.